everyone. Welcome to Capes and Japes. Happy May. It does not feel like May here right now, but it is it is May. We are getting to warmth somehow. Happy May. One of the cats just kicked the other one. <laughs> oh no. Um Briar is in a real little menagerie currently. So <laughs> We'll see what sort of fun animal ASMR we may or may not get. Just had to put a blanket over one of them, so. <laughs> just like, shh, 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 Well, no, he he was trying to get under the comforter, but it was just like a fold in the middle of the blanket and not an actual entrance to under the blanket. Oh. So he's just like pushing his head into the blanket. And I'm like, but buddy, <laughs> just puts oh, a blanket buddy. over it. Oh, oh, buddy. Um, anyways, uh, so last week we talked about, um, Connor Hawk, uh, newly canon asexual (laughs) Green Arrow 2 Connor Hawk, uh, and I thought we should probably talk about, uh, one of his contemporaries, uh, Mia Dearden, the, uh, second... Speedy, um, I should say, uh, before we get started, I love Mia, uh, her backstory is a huge bummer, um, Mm, surprise, surprise, you say, women in comics, um, we're not obviously going to get into too much detail about it, um, but there will be mentions of human trafficking in this episode. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, just, uh, as a heads up, but we're also gonna talk about stuff that's not that. Um, so, Mia is introduced in a, uh, Green Arrow storyline, uh, called Quiver. Uh, written by Kevin Smith, which was the start of the, like, start of volume three of Green Arrow after Connor was Green Arrow. So basically, in the, as we talked about with Connor, uh, in the 90s, um, there was, uh, (laughs) An incident where Ollie was trying to stop a bomb from blowing up Metropolis, and he, uh, stuck his arm in the bomb, and Superman was like, Oh, Ollie, the bomb's gonna explode. If I amputate your arm, we can get you to safety so you won't die in the explosion. And Ollie was like, No, I would rather die than be missing an arm. Um... Which is like, you have, you have kids. You have children, Oliver. Um, <laughs> it's not about, all about you, Ollie. You gotta think it, about your kids. You have to think about your children. And he never does. No, he does. He just, I love Ollie. He just is really bad at a lot of things. But, uh, so he does actually for real die it's not like a like trick where it's like oh actually that was like a 
you know, a, a clone or like a future Ollie or like a robot Ollie, uh, he does for real die. And then this storyline in 2001, uh, Quiver, is where he comes back to life. He for real comes back to life. Hal Jordan resurrects him from the dead. And there's a, um, some very like CW supernatural stuff where it's like he comes back, but it's like his body comes back, but his soul is still in heaven. Um, and then, uh, they have to like, Etrigan the demon is trying to find him and then like somebody else wants to like take Ollie's body and use it as a vessel for like their own soul um and during all of this is when uh Mia is introduced um also sidebar I haven't actually I haven't read this and I also haven't read um Kevin Smith's other comics i've always been sort of curious um i know i think this is pretty well received and like the arc he did on daredevil was also pretty well received but i also know that given this stuff with mia and like a bunch of stuff that happens in his like spider-man black cat comic i'm like maybe i'm good not reading it maybe i'm fine actually um, if you have takes on Kevin Smith as a comic book writer, feel free to let us know at any time. Um, but Mia Dearden is introduced. Um, she's a teenage girl. Uh, she has a, uh, very abusive father and she runs away from home and, uh, is eventually trafficked. Um, I, th oh, oh, it's, it sucks. It sucks. I hate comics. Um, <laughs> I love how on this podcast we vacillate so greatly from, I love comics to, I hate comics. I hate comics. Just, I hate this. I, they're so unfortunately often bad. The highs they're are so high frequently. and the lows are low. It's like, there's like some, sometimes you get comics books bullshit that's like, what if Cyclops' eyes were portals into the punch dimension? And it's like, that rules. Like, that sucks, but it also rules. And then you get stuff that's like, it's 2001. How can we prove that we're like gritty, edgy media for real adults? And it's like, Ch child prostitution no <laughs> no thanks i'd rather not no, thank you <laughs> um anyways at some point uh green arrow rescues her from uh one of her abusers um and he uh <laughs> saves her as green arrow um and then he's like hey, you should uh, go talk to Oliver Queen. He can help you. Um, and Mia goes and finds Oliver Queen. And then she's like, hey, you're that guy. <laughs> you're Green Arrow. And he's like, no. And she's like, no, you are. You, you have the same voice and the same yeah. face 
in the same body language. Like, you're not yeah. hiding it well, sir. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Ollie's like, well, I guess, I guess she's just gonna, I guess she's gonna stay with me. Um, which I'm, I don't know if his plan anyways was to, like, take her in personally or to find you know some other safe place for her to stay um but he's like well I guess she's staying here now (laughs) um and she initially is you know not part of the uh vigilante side of things even though she knows about it um she wants to be she um asks Ollie to be his, uh, his new sidekick, uh, and Ollie says no, because, uh, his previous sidekicks have not gone, uh, well, um, and (laughs) he knows that one's partly on him, um, and also he's like, this girl has been through a lot, I don't want to put her in more danger, uh, but he does like, train her how to use a bow and arrow. Um, Connor also is, like, still around at this time, um, and helps her, you know, learn martial arts and all the other, like, various disciplines that he knows, and they develop kind of a a sibling dynamic. Um, so she's kind of around through the early 2000s, um... And then in 2004, when I think Judd Winnick um, takes over writing Green Arrow, um, he uh, makes Mia uh, HIV positive. Uh, She discovers this uh, at some point during the comic. Um, and this, this is another, this is another issue, is that, like, there are not a lot of HIV-positive superheroes, and it's a cool thing to have, but also, uh, it happened for this extremely, uh, grim and messed up reason, um, that people don't really like to talk or think about, including me, because it sucks. Um, but when she learns this, um, it makes her way more determined, um, to be Ollie's sidekick, because she's like, okay, well, I, you know, potentially have, like, limited time, on this earth and I want to do something, uh, important and, like, I, this is important to me and you should let me do it. Um, and Ollie eventually agrees, um, and she becomes speedy, uh, officially. She has, like, a most, uh, for most of her appearances, she has this, like, red and yellow costume. I think... It's got, like, it's, like, a red outfit with, like, a yellow arrow symbol on the chest. I think I saw some design where it was an arrow-shaped boob window. And 
I am choosing to ignore that. I simply um, do not see it. <laughs> I do not see it. Um, later on, she also gets, like, a, uh, like, mostly, like, black with some yellow accents version, which is also cool. Um, a lot, lot of, lot of red and yellow costumes going around in comics books, but, like, I feel like especially among sidekicks, there's a, a lot of red and yellow. Um, and also... This is just a real, the 2000s were a real time for, like, blonde teen girl superheroes. There's, like, four of them on the Teen Titans at one point. <laughs> um, so she, uh, becomes speedy. Um, Ollie tells her that in order to do this, he wants her to, uh, join the Teen Titans, um... And, you know, get uh, some practice with them and learn how to work as a team. And uh, she, I think when she, like, first joins, um, she, like, she does, like, a, a test fight against Tim. Um, and Tim, Tim does win, but she, do, she does a good job. <laughs> You know, he's been doing this for much longer. Yeah, it would be um, wild if she just beat him straight off the bat. Straight off the bat. Um, poor T Tim... <laughs> Tim would have yet another goddamn, just, like, existential crisis about it. This inferiority complex. Oh, Tim. Um, she also gets a, um, a set of arrows from... Roy, um, which include a bunch of his old, like, trick arrows, um, which I think Connor doesn't, doesn't really use. Connor just uses regular arrows, um, but she gets a bunch of speedies, like, exploding ones and trap ones, and, uh, <laughs> one that Roy snuck into the Fortress of Solitude and stole... And doesn't know what it does. That sounds very on brand. It's extremely <laughs> on brand. I love him to bits. Um, <laughs> but I am scared. I've consumed enough D&D media that it's not necessarily a good thing when you find a mystery weapon. <laughs> um, it turns out to be a... Um, uh, phantom zone arrow that <laughs> sends you to the phantom zone can you use it more than once i th i think it might be a one-time a one-time thing um because she tries using it on uh superboy prime during uh infinite crisis is that the superboy prime one i think I, probably um, maybe yeah probably uh but it uh doesn't work because he's too strong um but that's like a fun a fun recurring element of some of her teen titans appearances is having this like mystery arrow and being like should i should i use it now <laughs> um she tells the titans that she's uh hiv positive and they're all you know accepting of it because they better be 
t- or else <laughs> I would never forgive them. I'm going to walk um, into Titan's Tower and give them a piece of yeah. my mind. Yeah, you would think they would have to worry about, like, Ollie or Dinah, but no, it's me. Um, she also, um, you know, Dinah is obviously around uh, as part of, part of the Arrow family, and is part of her life and, like, teaches her, you know, some other, like, fighting styles and things like that. Um, the, um, her, Connor, and Ollie, after Infinite Crisis, end up, uh, just, like, all going to an island together, um, and training for, like, a year and then coming back. Uh, just a fun little family vacation. Um... There's also a, um, storyline where, um, Batman, uh, asks for, um, Ollie and Mia's help, uh, to stop Jason, who is, um, (laughs) involved with gun smuggling. This is, this is in, in the immediate aftermath of Jason coming back when he's still you know, kind of like that. Um, so, um, Bruce enlists Ollie and Mia's help, and Jason ends up, uh, kidnapping Mia, taking her to an abandoned high school, uh, challenging her to a fight, um, talking about how similar they are, because they both, you know, had these, like, very, like, rough, traumatic childhoods, um, you know, how would, like, other people don't understand them, um, how, you know, it's, like, this very Jason speech about how, like, he's, like, you know, Green Arrow doesn't really care about you because Batman didn't really care about me, uh, and (laughs) honestly, this is more about Jason than it is about Mia. This is, this is the Jason Todd projection era, Um, and he's like, they don't understand me, but you'll understand me. Anyways, I'm going to blow up this building. And Mia's like, okay. (laughs) Um, which is funny just because I've always, um, kind of seen Mia as having more in common with, like, Steph than anything in terms of, like, Robin parallels. And not um, the blonde hair? Not just the blonde hair. Um, but, you know, kind of like similar upbringings, sort of like similar, you know, need to prove themselves. And then I'm like, I guess also Steph is kind of the Robin who's most like Jason out of all of the Robins. So I guess that tracks. Um, but that that is to say, I think... Uh, Mia and Steph should be friends. I think Mia should come back. And then I think she and Steph should be friends. The hot take. Um, she, um, works with, um, Ollie and Dinah after, uh, Connor gets, uh, attacked and he's, uh, in a coma. Um, and then he's kidnapped. <laughs> Uh, and they, while they're looking for him, um, Mia meets a, uh, British 
vigilante named Dodger who um is like they initially meet him he's like a a a thief you could his name's Dodger obviously um you, but he's he not a baseball up, player uh, he's not <laughs> she meets a british baseball player um but he ends up kind of uh coming to their side um and the two of them date for a little bit um, and I she don't does know why after... I was imagining a middle-aged man. No, he's he's a, he's a, he's a youth. <laughs> Good. Um, I, he's a young man. I don't know what the name about Dodger. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, this is like a balding man in his fifties, <laughs> washed up. Damn, brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal attack on Dodger. No, I. I immediately went to Artful Dodger, so I was assuming Teen Pickpocket. Oh, well, yeah. I Either, um, either a middle-aged washed-up man or a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I picture when I can... Oh, yeah, his name is Dodger. Okay, either he's a dog... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta team up with this guy, Dodger. Ollie, that's a dog. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta team up with him. Look at him. Great. <laughs> this dog is great. Um, she, um, after they, uh, after they find Connor and they save Connor, um, and Connor's okay, but he has amnesia, and then they find out that his DNA was spliced with Plastic Man DNA. I hate comics, but this is the normal I hate comics tone of voice. <laughs> um... <laughs> She, um, she moves to London for a little while, um, with Dodger, uh, and then they, they break up because he cheats on her with the real actress, Emma Watson. The real human actress. Emma Watson exists in the DC universe, and she ruined Mia Dearden's relationship. That is the strangest thing I think I have ever heard. Isn't it whack? Real, um, real human Emma Watson. Real, real human person who exists in our world, but also in the DC universe. What, um, what was she filming at the time? That's a great question. I don't know if it's specified. I would love to know. Um, during um, Justice League... Uh, Cry for Justice, which is like a late 2000s sort of Justice League miniseries. Um, I think we've like briefly touched on before about like kind of uh, Ollie starting like kind of his own branch of the Justice League that uh, is more like aggressive about going after uh, criminals. Um, at uh, this event culminates in a uh, villain called uh, the, the Electrocutioner. Well, it's a villain called Prometheus working with a villain called the Electrocutioner um, to uh, blow up Star City. Um, and at the time, uh, Mia was 
babysitting um Roy's daughter Leon um and uh she gets called away by the Justice League to you know help stop this guy from blowing up the city um but uh the city does get blown up um and Leon is killed in the explosion um which made a lot of people angry and was widely regarded as a bad move. Um, and also For good reason. Off, yeah. One of the most reviled story arcs in comics where, like, Roy has, like, a mental breakdown about this and, like, relapses and, like, he's missing an He lost an arm during Cry for Justice. He's missing an arm. It's just, like, just gratuitously, you know, grimdark stuff. Um, but Mia, you know, holds herself, like, responsible for this. Um, I think, like, at Leon's funeral, like, Roy, like, blames her for it. Um, and everyone else is like, hey, Roy, back off. <laughs> um, she, um, also at some point, like, uh... <laughs> Truly, the 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 rite of passage that almost every sidekick goes through. Um, she uh finds the electrocutioner and like captures him. Um, and is going to kill him. Um, but Ollie goes, no, that's not gonna you know fix things. You can't just kill people. <laughs> um. But, uh... Are you sure? Who are you? Batman? Come on. Come on. You just did this whole thing about how we should be more aggressive as the Justice League. And Ollie's like, yeah, and it went really bad, so maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) Maybe we should be less aggressive as the Justice League. (laughs) Um, She's also, um... She's present during uh, Blackest Night. Um, She doesn't... I think have like a major role in it. Connor has more like he has like a big kind of confrontation with Ollie. I don't think Mia really does, but she's there. Um in the new 52, uh they give her a totally new backstory where she's the daughter of this uh like crime lord named John King. Um And, uh, when, like, when Mia was younger, her mom found out about her dad's, uh, crime, and he killed her, and Mia saw it, and she ran away from home, um, and then she just survived on the streets on her own, um, by stealing, and the- (laughs) The DC wiki says Mia was able to provide for herself using skilled gymnastics and by stealing money from people and blending into crowds. Like, did she, did she like do gymnastics like stunts and people like paid her or did, how did, how did she provide for herself with the gymnastics? Um, but she like kind of, you know, makes herself a little, uh, a little squadron of street kids. Um, her dad comes looking for her. Um, 
And she tells him to fuck off. She tells him to fuck off. Um, she uh runs away. Um, I think her dad's like trying to stop her because it's like uh her mom had like hidden some like evidence against him at some point before he killed her and like Mia knows where it is or like he thinks Mia can like figure out where it is or something. Um but uh as you were her close to your mom, to- right? Where where would she hide say important evidence of my crimes? <laughs> Just hypothetically. She- hypothetically. Where do you think that would be? Little fun little father daughter treasure hunt. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um and uh she gets uh rescued by Ollie. There's like a whole back and forth. It's like uh it's like her dad sends uh Merlin to try and, and get Mia. Merlin Green Arrow's enemy, a man whose last name is M-E-R-L-Y-N. Not the wizard. Okay. No, that would be very fun. <laughs> I mean, it's comics, so it's I comics. was I was thinking the wizard. <laughs> um, my first thought was, how does he know the wizard? <laughs> how did that happen? Of Arthurian legend is. He, oh yeah, he lives down the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's just hanging around. Um. He, uh, her father manages to kidnap her again. Ollie comes to rescue her. Um, Mia, uh, seemingly, like, shoots Ollie. Um, and her dad's like, oh, see, like, you love me after all. And Mia's like, oh, no, that was, that was to trick you. He's got Kevlar on. (laughs) Um, and, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then Ollie uh shoots her dad. Um she ends I, up I I don't know the situation, but I feel like it would have been easier if Ollie just shot her dad. Like why do you have to go through this? <laughs> Ooh, so I shoot you, but it's fake, and then you shoot him when his guard is down. Or I could just shoot him. I'm very good at my job. <laughs> no, no, no. I think this will I think this will be better. It'll be dramatic. I just um, want to shoot you for it non-lethally. Yeah, I just kind of want to know what it's like. Um she does um she goes to stay with Ollie after all of this happens. Um but I don't think she does any sidekicking um over the course of new 52 um and as far as i know she hasn't shown up in rebirth um she might i think she might have been mentioned briefly in like green arrow at some point but i she definitely has not been prominent and i saw something that said she was initially supposed to be like on the rebirth teen titans team but that got scrapped uh but maybe now that uh connor's back um mia uh can come back with him i would not be surprised if maybe 
part of the reason she uh hasn't made like a a real appearance yet is because uh they <laughs> have to tackle her backstory and I would imagine in 2022 they're a little bit like oh boy oh yikes <laughs> maybe this was a mistake <laughs> I mean I honestly don't think I can blame them, except also I do want her to be here. <laughs> I want her to be here, and I think it's if it's good to have an HIV positive character. Um, but then you have to talk about the huge, the real, real thorny backstory that you just put in there. Um. In, uh, I feel like if it's written by the right people, they might be able to get it good. Yeah, that's that's another kind of <laughs> huge aspect of this is like there's so much stuff that comics could do well. Like a lot of the like oofa doofa backstories, like a lot of them yeah. could be done well. Yeah, if like the right person do them, if the right person did this, and I will say, uh, the right person to uh write a uh you know child trafficking storyline is probably not a cis white man who has never uh been through that. Hmm. Hmm. I would say I don't I don't think that's the that would not be my first choice. Well, um, uh, uh comics comics and you tend to see things differently. Um that I mean that's very true. It's, it seems like uh, cis white men are the go-to for comics. It's always, always the first choice. Yeah, there's always, there's nothing they can't do. Um, they are the they're... default. <laughs> um, there is another kind of uh, thorn in all of this is that uh, in... Uh, the CW Arrow show, um, there's a character who's sort of loosely based, um, on Mia, um, Thea Queen, um, who in this, uh, is Oliver's half-sister, um, and she ends up becoming, uh, Speedy during the show um i don't um i don't think they do the same backstory stuff um but because they had this character in arrow um in like 20 like 13 they introduced a character loosely based on this character who was loosely based on mia um <laughs> Uh, Emiko Queen, who is, uh, Ollie's half-sister in, uh, the DC Universe, who does, she's, like, introduced kind of towards the end of New 52, and then she does show up in Rebirth, um, and, uh, becomes, uh, the second Red Arrow, um, so she's, like, sort of filling Mia's space in a weird way that she's based on a character who was based on Mia. Um, but also, 
she is Ollie's sister and Mia is Ollie's adopted daughter. So I think you could still have room for her. <laughs> um, but it is, it's, it's such a, it's a real, it's a real comics thing to happen. Is to have a character get translated out of comics and then get, it's like the, like a Google Translate meme. It's like a character gets moved out of comics and then they get moved back into comics as a whole new character. Um, and then I think they also have Amiko in the Arrowverse show. <laughs> this is like the weirdest game of telephone. Like, you cannot, you can't keep doing this. Um, anyways, um, I do like Amigo. I think her design is cute, but, um, I also, um, like Mia and I hope she, um, comes back to, uh, hang out with her, uh, cool asexual brother. <laughs> That's my take. It's a good take. Good, good take. Um, was there... Anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, no, no. I obviously I didn't read comics because, again, I'm just still at it. I wrote my sixth fic yesterday, and I wrote my fifth one the day before that. Buddy. <laughs> so having a normal one. I just got today in the mail a vest for an Izzy Hands cosplay. Cause when I first when I first watched this gosh dang show, I was like, wow, I don't feel compelled to cosplay any of these. Maybe though I would make, you know, Ed's jacket because it's a pretty cool jacket with the one sleeve. Yeah, cool and I'm jacket. like, but you know, I don't know. I don't really feel like compelled to do any of that. And then um, the other day, I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna cosplay Izzy Hands," <laughs> just sitting bolt upright, <laughs> like I gotta cosplay Izzy Hands. Basically, I don't, I don't know why I'm like this. He's a. He's <laughs> my terrible, horrible son. <laughs> didn't didn't you tell me that Vico Ortiz cosplayed Izzy Hands? Yes. Okay. Um, Instead of their own character. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Just checking. I don't know just... if this is just like a non-binary urge to cosplay. <laughs> we all do love Jim and them being ca- like canonically non-binary but ooh boy that non-binary urge to cosplay Izzy is <laughs> 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 oh the power that he holds oh no oh gods but I'm probably not gonna read comic I'm 
probably not going to read comics next week because I just finished clipping all of the episodes, so now I am free to make any AMV my heart desires. <laughs> I like that for the past few weeks, it's been... I'm not reading comics because I'm clipping all of these episodes. And now it's like, I'm not reading comics because I'm taking all of the clips and I'm making them into AMVs. I mean, it's not like it stopped me. I've already, like, since I started clipping, I've made, like, three short little AMVs. Like, all of them are under a minute. Of course, they're all Mountain yeah. Goat songs. But... Yeah. I'm oh. also pretty sure that when you said this, I'm like, oh, are you just going to make a bunch of Mountain Goats AMVs? <laughs> and you were like, no, I have a, a bunch of other songs I want to use. And I was like, oh, cool. And then you did immediately make, like, three Mountain Goats AMVs. <laughs> now, see, the problem is, I do have a lot of thoughts yes. for, for non-Mountain Goats AMVs. And I have those thoughts written down. But unfortunately, the Mountain Goats AMVs are all little, like, tidbits. Like, oh, what about, like, mm -hmm. this scene with this song? Or, like, okay, just this, just, like, these three lines from this one song. And those are short. Yes. Those are easy. Those aren't, like, I'm going to do a whole, like, three-minute thing that I don't have all the clips for. It's, oh, I already clipped that episode. I can just do this real yes. fast. Oh. Just real quick. Oh, man. Oh. I keep thinking that I'm starting to feel normal about Our Flag Means Death now that an entire calendar month has gone by. Oh. Uh. And then, like, I realize that I am not. I realize I... very quickly that I am not feeling normal about yeah. this at all. I I have... I have yet to see you truly feel normal about it, I feel like. <laughs> oh, oh, holy shit. When, when will my normalcy return? Uh... <laughs> anyway. What if it comes back and then season two comes out immediately <laughs> after? <laughs> it's just like, wow. <laughs> Going to bed, like lying down. Wow, I finally feel normal about Our Flag Means Death. Wake up in the morning. Our Flag Means Death season two premieres. Fuck. <laughs> no! <laughs> Time to feel distinctly unnormal again. <laughs> Here we go again. Just put the meme of, like, putting on my clown nose. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Except instead of a clown nose, it'll be like a pirate hat and a gold earring and like a leather vest. Yeah. The eye patch, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> did um, you read any comics? <laughs> I did I did read I did read some comics. Um I do 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 Where's my comics? Um so this past week, um the uh Justice League 75 came out, um, subtitled Death of the Justice League, which is kind of the kickoff of DC's summer event, Dark Crisis. Um, the Justice League dies, <laughs> seemingly. Um, I, I'm gonna, I am gonna be honest, I read this out 
of obligation. I didn't understand <laughs> most of what happened in it. But now I can be like, well, I read it. From vaguely the like... So the thing about it is they announced it way ahead of time. They were like, death of the Justice League. The Justice League's gonna die. This isn't a trick. They are going to be dead. Um, but then all of the promo stuff for Dark Crisis is like not using the word death so much as it's like a world without the Justice League. Like, since the absence of the Justice League. Um, where did they go? <laughs> and where'd they go? Um, and there's also a lot of stuff that seems to be implying that like characters are like getting sent to like alternate universes um where they're like happy and they don't want to leave so i think that's might be a, a lot of it um anyways i read i read it <laughs> that's done now i can try and keep up with mostly i'm invested because one of the major like arcs is they're gonna be like doing like a young justice miniseries that's like Cassie has to travel through multiverses to save, like, Tim and Bart and Khan. And I'm like, well, that is my shit. So, <laughs> um, also people are like, maybe Dick will be Batman again, which, you know, that would be fun. Um, I picked up the new Dark Knights of Steel, which I like. Um, it's still, still a good time. Um, Tim is going through it, but he did not die. So <laughs> we're good on that front. Um, Knights of X came out, which is, uh, one of the new, um, titles in this, like, new wave of X books, um, that I got, obviously, because it's the one that Richter and Shatterstar are in, um, and now I don't, the problem is, it's a big team, and there's a lot going on plot-wise. And the stuff that's going on plot-wise seems cool, but it's also like, do I want to keep reading this to get, like, you know, four or five panels of Richter and Shatterstar every month? Um, so I might just wait. I, maybe I'll just go to the comic book store and skim it and see, and then if I Richter and Shatterstar are in it, then I'll just buy the ones that they're mostly in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just walk in, just, hey, can I help you find anything? Yeah, Richter and Shatterstar, where are they? Where are my boys? <laughs> um, I only want the issues that they're in. Oh, but what about tracking the story? No. No, I do not care. I have enough stories to track. <laughs> um, I just want to see my two beautiful boys. <laughs> <laughs> um I also while I was looking um for uh X-Men books, I uh grabbed a couple of older things. Um I picked up the first issue of X Corp uh because I uh love Monet. <laughs> um and uh I also, unfortunately, am very attached to Jamie Madrox. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for reading all that X-Factor. 
That's what I get for reading all of that X Factor so I could see Richter and Shatterstar, but Jamie Madrox was in the whole thing, and unfortunately I grew fond of that little rat man. <laughs> um, and I also um, grabbed the first couple issues of Sabretooth, which I had not been expecting to do because I've never really had too many opinions one way or the other on Sabretooth as a character, but I heard a lot of people saying it was really good. So I got the first couple issues and it is really good. Um, quite, uh, quite dark, quite gory. Um, but like also like very much about it, like, prisons and like punishment and that kind of thing um it has like uh it has a lot uh of takes which um it's it's very very interesting um and also uh the first issue does have some uh good moments from <laughs> our friend Doug Ramsey which um you know Good for him. <laughs> uh, that is, um, that's what I read this week. Um, also, um, sad news, uh, Neil Adams, uh, passed away this past week, who was a very, very, uh, prolific, um, comics artist, uh, did a, um, a lot of work with Green Arrow, somewhat relevantly, and also, like, uh, very, um, with, like, Dennis O'Neill, kind of, like, very much, um, established, like, the modern tone of Batman, uh, in, like, the 70s, um, and also has, like, one of the most, uh, iconic, uh, jokers of truly he draws the joker in in one of the most recognizable ways of all time um so very sad but like incredibly accomplished prolific career um rest in peace not to end on 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 a sad note sorry i just <laughs> Not to end on a sad note after this episode that had a bunch of weird, sad stuff in it. Um, I mean, hey, if you want to, like, uh, to honor Neil Adams' memory, support artists and unions and yes. <laughs> workers' rights. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that's a, that's a good, that's a good way to end it. Um, <laughs> support, uh, support artists. Um... Anyways, that, uh, that's it. That's it for me. That's it for us, I think. Uh, if you want to keep up with us on the internet, um, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, just all of those are at Capes and Japes. Um, you can also, um, send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, if you have any, if you want to review Kevin Smith's body of work for me, 
<laughs> if that's if you're so inclined. Um you can um also join our Discord server. Um see how uh see how Briar's pirate brain rot is going. Um <laughs> It's going great. Uh it's going so no oh look, here's a picture. <laughs> going normal. Um anyways, um we also we have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Um we recorded our April bonus episode this past week where we <laughs> did not talk about Morbius because we did not want to. <laughs> And instead we talked about a good movie that we liked. Um, but if you if you want to join our Patreon and try and convince us to talk about Morbius at some point, there's an incentive. Um, if you want to do that, though, you'd better do the $10 level. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I will not talk about Morbius for anything less than $10. No. <laughs> Um, if you want me to talk about Morbius, you gotta at least cover the ticket, and I think it's like nine dollars <laughs> on Tuesdays. <laughs> Maybe once Morbius is streaming, you can do it at a lower tier. Um. Anyways, um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, um, you could leave a rating and review. We really appreciate that. We would give you a shout out. Um, tell a friend about the show if you think they would want to listen to it. Uh, and just just coming back and joining us. As you have done once again. Incredible. So thank you for being here for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always... Okay, so you shoot me, and then I pretend to be dead, and then I'll pop up and shoot him when he's distracted. As always, another foolproof plan. <laughs>